Before you try to tackle the theology of Tim Tebow, the gospel according to Tim, you have to start by trying to pin down the young man himself. And the glorious, horrifying, victorious, defeated, triumphal, catastrophic spectacle he gave America during the 2011 professional football season. And that proves no easy thing. In some ways, Tim Tebow is the most straightforward character on the American scene today. He is who he is, he knows who he is, at least as well as any 24-year-old can, and he's perfectly open about his devout Christian faith. What he wants, he has said, and who are we to doubt him, is to use the athletic ability God has given him as a means to fund his charities, to inspire others to charitable works, for that matter, all in aid of spreading faith, hope, and love, as he says of the hospital he's building in the Philippines. Actually, of course, he's not saying the words for himself so much as he's referencing the Bible. St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, as famous a biblical passage as exists. When I was a child... I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall understand fully, even as I have been fully understood. So faith, hope, love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. But that's our Tebow. In the midst of all the praise the young man has attracted, he's also drawn an extraordinary amount of abuse, much of it of the variety that insists he's forcing his religion down our throats. Personally, I don't see it. The cameras of the nation have zoomed in on him, no doubt, and the endless focus on the young man's every deed and word give a real prominence to his gestures of faith. The gestures themselves, however, don't seem all that unusual. For years now, we've had baseball players crossing themselves before they bat. We've watched quarterback Kurt Warner thanking the Lord Jesus after winning a Super Bowl. The same Kurt Warner who would, this season, publicly admonish Tebow to tone down his use of Jesus' name. We've seen Cassius Clay convert to Islam, rename himself Muhammad Ali, and announce that he was giving all glory for his victories to Allah. We've observed Sandy Koufax refuse to pitch on Yom Kippur and Oral Hershiser calm himself between innings by singing hymns. For that matter, the great defensive end Reggie White was an ordained minister who never stooped to hiding his faith. Each year, according to the Columbus Dispatch, more than two million athletes, from junior high school to college, participate in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. In fact, American sports are so intertwined with religion, especially football and evangelical Christianity, that it's pointless to try to disentangle the two. This January, Fran Tarkenton, the wild, scrambling Hall of Fame quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings and New York Giants from 1961 to 1978, took to the pages of the Wall Street Journal to say, Well, it's not entirely clear what his op-ed was after. It rambled a little. Not that I, a rambler in writing from way back, have any objection. And the journal clearly published it simply because it was by Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton, of all people. And how cool is that? Anyway, the piece opened as though it was going to be an attack on Tebow, along the lines of Kurt Warner's strictures. You know the kind of thing, structured as though to say, I'm a religious person, 
a really serious Christian, but Tebow is taking this whole public Christianity thing way too far. And yet, Tarkenton never quite made the turn into the but part of that argument, and he ended the column by throwing up his hands and saying that the nation's fascination with Tim Tebow was maybe a pretty good thing. Isn't it refreshing that the chatter around the NFL is about a great athlete with great character who says and does all the right things and is a relentless leader for his team, and not about more arrests and bad behavior from our presumptive heroes? Tarkenton salts in some interesting anecdotes along the way. Wellington Mara, the longtime owner of the Giants, emerges a fascinatingly bizarre character, apparently determined to see all his players convert to his devout Catholicism before their careers ended.